is Vic, co-host of Decades Apart, watching Decades Together, the podcast where two sisters, practically 20 years apart in age, watch shows from decades ago. This season, we're watching Seinfeld. Get both of our perspectives. The show starts now. Hello, and welcome to Decades Apart, watching Decades Together, the Seinfeld edition. I am your co-host, Vic, and Bob is here as well. Hi, everyone. And we are podcasting like a week later than normal because, Bob, you just had a move. How'd it go? It is still in process. It's going well, but I am in a small Airbnb downtown, and then we'll be moving into our permanent place this weekend. If you hear any sounds in the background, cars honking or something, or music going by, just bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we are going over the fifth episode. So this is kind of the end of the first season of Seinfeld. And it aired on June 21st, 1990. The name of it was The Stock Tip. Now, before I get into the episode, I have some very interesting information that I stumbled upon. I and, thought you would. <laughs> well, I, I do you know what I'm going to say or do? No, but you always have a fun fact. So I was oh. just excited to see what it was. Okay. Seinfeld, he still does his stand-up shows. He's currently touring he's doing one right now and oftentimes he will ask the audience for questions and he'll answer you know on stage the questions and somebody asked him at his last show this was on I think the 11th 10 days ago Hmm. did you like the ending of the show and he says I'll I will we try to play it but it's very hard to hear so I'm going to go ahead and tell you what he's saying he's saying he has a little secret about the ending. He can't tell it right now because it's a secret, but he will tell us something. Something is going to happen. It has to do with the ending. So the last episode of Seinfeld, how it ended. And it hasn't happened yet. But what we're thinking about, Jerry and Larry are also thinking about. Larry David, the other writer of Seinfeld. We just said, basically, wait and see. I mean, that is the closest it's ever come. He gets asked that question a billion times. You know, is there ever going to be a reunion? And that is the first time I've ever heard him flat out not just say no. Like, that was definitely a little tease of something. Yeah. That's exciting. We'll have to see what that means. Yeah, watching all the episodes so I can be ready for it. <laughs> so you so you can know what the ending actually was so that you can enjoy yeah. the, the latest, greatest thing that he comes out with. <laughs> all right. So we can dive into this episode. Now, just a couple of little things to look out for. This episode does bring back Vanessa. Vanessa is the girl from the show The Stakeout, which was episode two. That was the, and I'm going to try it, Sagman Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taff. Sagman Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taff. That's that show. That's how you can remember which one it comes from. It's a tongue twister. That's hard to say. It is. So she comes back, and actually, she is very, very few of Jerry's girlfriends made multiple episodes. So she is one of the very few through 180 episodes that actually showed up more than once. And it was after this episode that they did decide to commission a second season because it did so well. We then open up the show as usual with Jerry doing his stand up. 
This one was funny because it's about eating out and how when you go to a restaurant, you're the ruler of uh, empire. You first sit <laughs> down and you're ordering food and you're giving me appetizers, give us drinks, and you're just ordering all this stuff. You're like the king. And then the check comes and and you're mystified because you, now, you, now you're full. You don't have any need for all this stuff. And you're just <laughs> like, does this look right? You're scrutinizing the check thinking there must be something wrong here. That has been me almost every day this week because we're living in an Airbnb and we don't have a lot of groceries. So we've eaten out almost every meal. So I really related to that one. So are you the relating as the ruler of the empire or the one that's scrutinizing and mystified over the cost of the check? Definitely both. (laughs) I get super excited about going to a new place. It's like, we have to try it all. We're new here. And then seeing the bill, I haven't started my job yet. I need to look at this check a little bit closer. (laughs) Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, All right. So we go into the opening scene after his stand up. They're in Monk's Cafe. It's Jerry and George sitting down and they're talking about Superman. Now, throughout these other shows that we were watching we have learned a bit about just jerry as not the character in seinfeld but just who he is in his regular old life what he likes superman is another staple in jerry's life Hmm. he loves superman he did this hour-long hbo special which by the way, I, my friends and I basically have memorized it word for word. We've listened to it so much. <laughs> I remember on a trip down to Florida, we just played that on loop and we listened to it in the sense that I know like the inflections and the, the tones <laughs> that he takes, what's coming next. Anyway, you're going to have to make that your next party trick at a family reunion, like bring that out and just. Say all the words to it. <laughs> yeah, but what if nobody laughs? I mean, uh, what if my delivery is not as good as I think it is? I'll make sure to laugh for you. <laughs> <laughs> he has a Superman bit in there, and he talks about how, you know, Batman, uh, Spider-Man, Superman, these are just options to people of what they're going to be when they grow up. Anyway, so we've got Superman. We know he loves the Mets. We know he loves cars. We know he loves cereal. These mm-hmm. are all just going to be continuous themes throughout the rest of these shows that we see. Elaine ends up showing up. She walks in. She sits down. She is having this allergy attack because she's dating a guy that has two cats. She's allergic to them. And Jerry mentions he's thinking of asking Vanessa to go on a weekend trip. And Elaine suggests to take her to this cute little place in Vermont. And George is not having it. He thinks this is a horrible idea. As they're kind of sitting there talking, George asks Elaine for a newspaper. He wants the business section of the newspaper. I can't remember. Have we talked about newspapers before? Yes, we have. We I have gotten a couple for like historic events, but oh, not as like that. a regular source of news. Okay. So he wants just, you know, when you when you read a newspaper, you're kind of like, give me the sports section or the business section. So he wants the business section and he's looking up the, the stock, how a certain stock is doing, because he has a friend who knows this guy, Wilkinson, and they have this hot tip on getting in and buying some stock. And he asked Jared and Elaine, like, do you guys want in? George has decided to invest $5,000. He says that since he's been watching it, the stock has gone up three points. And 
his friend that he knows has invested millions. He's doing so well. And this guy Wilkinson is going to let them know the exact moment to sell. So, you know, buy low, sell high. When it's high, they're, Wilkinson's going to let them know so that they can make money on this. Jerry reluctantly agrees to go in and spend $2,500 to buy the stock. And George is like, okay, we're in this together. We're going to do it together. A waitress comes over. Jerry then orders tuna. He wants a tuna fish sandwich. And Elaine is like not having it because she's worried about the dolphins that are dying in the nets when people are catching tuna. Yeah, I was surprised with that, that that is still a conversation that we're having today. However, many years later, that exact same conversation could have been in a show that aired today. Yeah, that is true. A little tidbit is that in (laughs) real life, she is actually an environmentalist, an active one. She is in a number of environmental organizations. She was recently in the news by recently, I mean, a few years ago for building this completely eco-friendly, sustainable house, solar panels designed with like windows for light. So there's less electricity needed the whole nine yards. It's kind of cool to see. And again, Jerry and Larry David, it's been said like they're not necessarily writers. So Mm -hmm. they're probably taking from who these people really were to try to continuously create these characters. That's kind of fun. I like that. The little Easter eggs. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the next scene, we then see Vanessa, Jerry and her are in a grocery store. Jerry's like, have you thought about going on this trip? And Vanessa's like, she's very hesitant because it's a lot of pressure. So he grabs a newspaper. He wants to check the stock. And Vanessa's like, you know, no changes happen after the market closes. It's not going to be different from the last time you checked. Basically saying that he's obsessively checking to see what's going on with this stock. The next scene, we are then in Jerry's apartment. And he has a map laid out on his table. And he's got like a highlighter. And he's highlighting the routes to his drive to Vermont. That is something that I think would prevent me from ever traveling. I am a big traveler now, and I don't think if I had to highlight a map that I would be able to do a quarter of the amount of things I've done. The weird thing about the whole map thing is if there's more than one state involved, you're essentially navigating through multiple maps, which are huge, right? while you're driving. I don't know, like, was... Were there just like a ton of people pulled over on the side of the road all the time reading their maps? No, No, I can't say that 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 happened. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of distracted driving. (laughs) Well, I have traveled by the use of a map. I remember my first big trip by myself. I drove a couple states down to Virginia and... I went to AAA as a member. One of the services that they would do was trip planning, but with maps. They would actually have like a flip book where they would create, they would pull. So, okay, you got to drive from, you know, New Jersey and then you got to go through. So they're like pulling all of the states and then they were able to create a book for you that you can flip through and they would highlight your highways that you had to go on. Wow. And the way that you would know when to look for the next, say, 
exit that you had to get on was the o- the odometer on your dashboard. Oh my god. So for example, say we're just gonna say for example, nine say I had to be on Route 95 for 30 miles. I would from that time mark my odometer for maybe 28 miles. Mm-hmm. And then when my odometer was zero, I knew I had to start looking for the next. I started how to pay attention to my map, figure out what highway I'm getting on and start looking for that exit. That's how you did it. Wow. I grew up in the time of before the GPS, but we had internet. So you would go on, it wasn't Google Maps, it was MapQuest. And mom would print out her directions everywhere she went, even with the GPS. She always had a printed thing and it would tell you exactly how many miles you need to go. And I was, I thought it would be similar to that, but yeah, you have to do it all yourself. You have to track how many miles. So if you forget to set your odometer, what do you do? Then you're pulled over on the side of the road (laughs) trying to figure out. Then you're calling triple A saying like, (laughs) I am here. How the heck do I get back on track? And so the person on the phone has the map open and they are looking. Oh my gosh. That sounds terrifying. You know what would be fun though? I like this idea. Okay. We should take a girl's trip, but only by maps. And we should try it. Our like pioneer era. I mean, I've done it. So like, I can do it with you. I'm happy to do it, but it's not like new to me. I've done it. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like maybe you've lost the skill over the years. I'm remembering. I'm telling (laughs) you how to do it. I'm saying how to do it. My odometer only resets to zero. I can't set it to 28. So I don't know. No, there's another, there's another function in there that you can set your odometer to. I think it could be cool. Well, be little pirates. (laughs) Our maps. Yeah. So the other thing to kind of throw it into this is the fact that for, so for me, that was a time where cell phones didn't really exist for full-time usage and did. So Sure, it was fine and easy to follow a map and get lost if you had a cell phone that you could actually call AAA or somebody help me back. But there was also a time where that wasn't even an option. If you're lost, you're probably having to find some somewhere, gas station, diner, something that has a payphone or asking somebody, asking the gas station, or you're looking at a map. Hopefully you're studious enough you understand maps enough that you can look at a map and say i'm here this is the route that i have to take to get back if you got to like real time know how to get back on on your road yeah that sounds terrifying <laughs> i can't imagine being stuck in the middle of nowhere not with knowing where i am oh my gosh didn't i send you that tiktok of the kid with the maps he's like things that i things that my mom used to do and he was opening a map and no I feel like maybe I'll check whatever. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we know that Jerry and Vanessa are going to this trip to Vermont. One thing I did notice is because we didn't get an answer to our question, he still does have that speaker, the computer in the background. So yes, it is answering the question that we are supposed to think that he went out and rebought all of the things that got stolen. Kramer walks in. Kramer's appearances in this 
episode had, I don't want to say little purpose, but almost like little, very little purpose. It was just to be like, he's around, but there wasn't any big moments for him. Yeah. He walks in with Jerry's newspaper. He tells Jerry that his stock is down again. And Jerry's basically freaking out because he's lost half his money in four days. And Kramer's for some reason happy about this. Jerry calls George asking, you know, what is going on? And in the background, Kramer is like, you got to sell this stock, sell this stock. George says that he's been trying to reach this Wilkinson guy. Nobody can reach him. They've been trying for three days. And then Kramer kind of just throws out, you should have invested in my idea, which is some rollout tie dispenser. (laughs) Then because Jerry is going on this trip to Vermont. Kramer says, you know, can I borrow your place while you're gone? I have some friends coming into town. They'd like to use your place. Again, it's just very chaotic. I think it's just to show that Kramer's there and being chaotic. Mm -hmm. George calls Jerry back. They're still in the apartment. Kramer's still there. And he says, this guy that was supposed to tell them the exact moment to sell this stock has actually been in the hospital. They move over to the next scene and it's, Jerry and George, they're standing in line at a dry cleaner, and George decides that he's going to go down to the hospital to find out what's going on. And Jerry's like, you don't even you don't even know this guy. What do you mean you're just going to go down there? And George's like, I'm going to start a conversation and then I'm going to, you know, slip it in there, figure out what's happening with the stock. Mm hmm. Becomes Jerry's turn in line. Now, this HBO special that I mentioned, he does a bit about dry cleaning. He doesn't think it's really happening. You know, what do they do? Tap it, (laughs) scratch it. He doesn't believe it's really going on. And these are tones of his HBO special is basically his stand-ups and pieces of his show all combined into an hour. He gets up to the front. He pulls out this tiny shirt and he said it was shrunk by the dry cleaner. The guy, the dry cleaner guy is like, do you have the receipt? Jerry's just, he just thinks the whole thing is preposterous. He's arguing with this guy. And he basically is like, I don't even want the money. I just want you to once admit that you shrunk the shirt, that it was your fault. So he does. He gets the dry cleaner to go ahead and and admit that (laughs) he shrunk the shirt. Which then brings him into his actual stand-up of his annoyances and how he doesn't believe that dry cleaning is actually really happening. (laughs) The next scene is Elaine in Jerry's apartment. She's again having an allergy attack. And Elaine is now thinking of ways to get rid of her boyfriend's cats. Yes, this was the first time that I noticed Jerry laughing while he was acting. (laughs) Oh, see, I missed that. I didn't even see that. You picked it up. Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) And then Elaine kind of broke a little bit, too. (laughs) Well, Kramer walks in. He's got a huge smile on his face and he's, you know, the stock is down again. And then he goes over to the window with some binoculars. He sees some girl he likes and he runs down to the street to see if he can meet her. Again, no purpose of him other than just, I guess, keeping his character there. Yeah. So you don't forget about him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you said he has a much bigger role as it gets, as the seasons go by. He really does. I I guess only being at the fifth episode and they're trying to find his place, but they do eventually. George comes in and he kind of just comes through the door and just rolls onto the couch. He's laying down. 
And he said that he was essentially at the hospital for 15 seconds and he got kicked out for mentioning his friend's name. This Wilkinson guy and George's friend don't get along. Jerry decides that he's going away. He doesn't want to think about him anymore. He's going to sell his stock. And George decides he's going to keep it. We then roll into the next scene, which is Jerry and Vanessa. They're at a bed and breakfast and it's not going very well. They're kind of sitting in a lobby living room of Mm -hmm. a bed and breakfast. Have you ever been to a bed and breakfast? I think once I have. I've never been to one. I don't, I don't know that I like the idea. Yeah, I stayed in one just for the experience of trying something new and everybody had breakfast together at one long table. It was interesting. It was it was a fun thing to do one time. I don't know if I can do it. I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's they're sitting in this it's a like a living room, but it's the lobby because there's all these other people that are kind of just hanging out. It's pouring rain outside. They're trapped and they're st- showing a a screenshot of jerry talking to her and behind him did you notice that gigantic cassette player no behind his head so he's sitting in a chair behind him is this huge it's a stereo i can see it has a radio portion to it and it has a cassette tape portion to it i mean Mm -hmm. back then the latest greatest technology was huge they were massive pieces (laughs) of equipment and I've I have I still have tapes. I don't play them. I don't have a cassette player to play them, but I still have them. Mm-hmm. You have never owned a tape. Have you ever played a tape? A tape? I don't think so. CDs. I have a little CD player, radio player combination. I don't think I ever had cassette tapes. All right. Well, the thing about cassette tapes is this. It's a ribbon inside this plastic case. Mm-hmm. And quite often, this ribbon would actually come out of the case. You could be playing your songs, your cassette, whatever, and then you would hear like, and it would mean that the ribbon had come out. Then you would have to open up your player, eject it, get it out, and then you would have to wind the circles, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, yeah, and wind that ribbon back <laughs> up inside. Was that like a malfunction or was it designed to be needed to be rolled back up? It shouldn't do that, but okay. it did. When you play them a number of times, it get, ribbon gets thinner. What was cool about cassette tapes is so like you could put it in one side, play it to the end, flip it, play the other side. But I think a feature that I miss about cassette tapes is you could record off of the radio. It... <laughs> It's not something you can do now. You could say eight o'clock was going to be the top 10 songs of the week or whatever. Mm -hmm. You could actually sit at your cassette recorder and you're recording it for free off of the radio. And then Mm -hmm. you can make your own tape of the top 10 songs and you're not paying for it. And you have this ability to just kind of like record what you want off the radio. That's interesting. I had something kind of similar when I was in probably middle school, elementary school and middle school, you could take your phone and record a YouTube video. And that's how you could have a song recorded on your phone because they were still the flip phones. You couldn't search. Internet was super expensive to have on your phone. You could record the audio from maybe the radio, but usually YouTube 
And then when you're hanging out with your friends, you could play this low quality mm-hmm. <laughs> audio copy of a song. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I guess you can kind of do that now. On a phone, you have screen recording. Yeah, you could do that. But I don't know that that's, I mean, people would just pay the $1.29 or whatever it is to own the song. But yeah. that's that's how we made the famous mixtape. I mean, you've had to have heard references to mixtapes before. I have, yes. I know it's a very like romantic thing to make someone a mixtape. I don't know if making someone a playlist on Spotify has the same (laughs) emotion behind it, but it's a a nice sentiment either way. (laughs) I actually still have, if you're ever interested, I could get it out and play it. It's this tape that I did like the top 10 songs or whatever. But what's funny about it is sometimes you miss the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes like the the DJ is talking. I have pieces of the broadcast mixed in with the songs <laughs> that I can play for you if you want to hear what it's, these tapes actually sounded like back then. Yeah, I'm down to hear it. <laughs> we can listen to them on our Pioneer Road Trip while we're <laughs> looking at our maps. Okay, only if we're both wearing like fluorescent neon colors. You're letting me, I don't know wear scrunch down socks and we're just doing the whole diving in the whole way with that deal you got yourself a deal <laughs> <laughs> all right they are all right so jerry and vanessa are at this bed and breakfast and they have run out of things to talk about they can't go anywhere because it's pouring rain which i don't really understand why they can't go anywhere yeah that was weird um, Unless there's just literally nothing around in Vermont. Like the middle I guess of it's nowhere. Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's Vermont. Are they known for not, not having anything to do? I mean, it's no. I, back then, I I mean, back then they probably, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. You could get go into central PA and there's nothing to do. Yeah. I've never been to Vermont, so I don't know. What they it's have beautiful. I'm not knocking it in any way, but it's more, I think, hiker type, forest type. That's true. Like outdoorsy. Yeah. So if it's raining. It's not much else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, they have nothing to do except run out of things to talk about. They're not able to talk about anything. Jerry decides to check the stock, even though he sold it and he finds out that he lost basically $4,000 by selling because the stock is now up six points. So he is just miserable we kind of see him (laughs) miserable for the first time (laughs) yes so they move into the next scene which at monk's cafe it's george elaine and jerry and george is living the big life he's got a suit jacket on he's smoking a cigar he's pacing around the table get another dessert have something else to eat (laughs) he's treating jerry and elaine to this all you can eat feast at monk's cafe because he stayed in with the stock and he's got all this money now and what's what i find funny about this scene or this episode for george is everything works out for him which is not (laughs) his it's one of those rarities that's not who he is mm-hmm. in a lot of these episodes. Yeah, that's true. He ends up staying in the stock and making money. He ends up um, being right. He, you know, he says it in this scene to Jerry. I told you those weekend trips are relationship killers. George's advice was right. True. Things are happening 
for George. <laughs> he is the big man in this episode. Good for and him. What's funny is that Jerry's miserable, <laughs> which is rare. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be very chill all the time. Yeah. So Lane says that she gave her boyfriend an ultimatum, and the guy ended up picking the cats. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I mean, how do you just get rid of your pet? <laughs> yes, true. The episode ends basically with George kind of crouching down around the table and whispering to them that he's got this next new hot stock tip. Do they want to come in? They end up closing out the episode with Jerry's stand up. And that that's it. That concludes the first season. Thoughts, that was a comments? good one. A thought for you is with Gen Z, investing is still not super common, but there are people like the financial feminist on TikTok trying to educate people about it. So when this was in the 90s, right? This aired? Yeah, it was 19. What did I say? 1990? I think so. How was, what was your generation's approach to investing and things like that? Was this episode very much something everybody was talking about or was investing a very foreign concept to most people at that age? Well, I was not of age when this aired to be investing. That's true. However, I will tell you my take on investing and my generation. We missed a huge opportunity. Had we invested in Google or Apple or, mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Look at what we, knowing now what we know now. Yeah. Going back then, I mean, come on. We did it wrong. We hadn't, we, I had, prob- I mean, there's some people that probably did it right, but like, mm-hmm. look at the opportunity missed. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to learn those types of things without social media, without the internet. If your immediate relatives or friends aren't involved in it, how do you even learn about it? Really? I guess you could rent a book from the library. No, I don't I I that's that's the problem. I guess yeah. you don't. Yeah. Who knew Seinfeld was leaving little hints along the way, foreshadowing. <laughs> NX, invest. This is the episode <laughs> to inspire you. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we are on to season two. If anybody has a recommendation of a classic for Seinfeld, definitely let us know and we can pick that to go in our highlight reel. I think that would be good. That would be. That's a good recommendation because I, I do know we have some listeners. And yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to us, it's uh, podcast sisters at iCloud.com. And other than that, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Bye.